Lord, we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 This morning, um, today was supposed to be what's called Family Sunday, uh, where the children normally stay in the service. Um, I wanted to, (laughs) I asked my wife, who was reluctantly gracious, (laughs) to help with the children this morning. And one of the reasons is the subject matter of what we're going to be talking about today is we are going to be getting into the demonic and what that means and how uh, it can work. So I want to I want to just first and foremost mention that some of the things in here that we're going to be speaking about, if there are little children here, if there's little kids still in the audience, you, you might want to uh, maybe not have take them out, but... If it gets to a part where it might be a little bit much for them, you may want to just step outside for a little bit, if that's okay. So I want to make that clear first and foremost. Uh, the second thing is this. So we have been covering the supernatural, or uncovering the spirit realm now, for the last uh, three weeks. This is the third week. So the first week we covered the spiritual realm. The last week we spoke specifically about angels, remember that. And uh, I've had a lot of people comment on this series in particular, that uh, they're very interested in the subject material, and, and it's no wonder why, because it's the supernatural. So there's something about the supernatural that we become fascinated by. There's something about, you know, if whether it be people will talk about ghosts, or they'll talk, and, and it just so happens, because somebody asked me this, if I planned for it to be on the Sunday before Halloween, I actually didn't. <laughs> Uh, it just happened to work out that way. So, uh, praise the Lord. He works in mysterious ways. Amen. 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 Uh, this morning, let us, let us go a little bit over in case you weren't here or if you're listening on podcast. And just so you know, uh, this series on the supernatural, I'm putting all three together on the podcast. And so we're going to edit them down and put them on there. So they're all there together. So you don't have to wait week in, week in, week to, to hear all three. But, we want to talk about this morning, what we talked about the last few weeks is, first of all, what is the spirit realm? If you, if you were here the last few weeks, this is just some overview for you. The spirit realm, first is this, it is entirely real. We spoke of just a few of the many scriptures that refer to heaven, and there's scriptures, of course, that refer to hell. The spirit realm involves both the good and evil. We don't want to say it's it's just good or just evil, but it involves both good and evil. The spirit realm is not naturally visible to those in the physical realm. It's just not naturally visible to us. Last week, how many remember when we spoke about angels last week? A lot of people really like that. It's, it's, we focused on the angelic angels. We spoke about the various lies of the angels as well as the various truths. And here are some of the truths. I love this. God's angels are his warriors and servants. They will never tell us anything contrary to the Bible. Amen? They will never accept the praise of men. They always seek to bring glory to Christ. They rejoice when someone puts their trust in Christ. I love this. They are ministering spirits who walk alongside the faithful, helping us and encouraging us. They are ministering spirits. This week, we're going to dig and examine a study of the other side of the coin. The other side of the coin would be 
demons or the study of demons, what's called demonology. Say demonology. Now, I want to say this. In no way is this an exhaustive study. I've said this many times. I was saying just this morning. If we, if we focused on just the demonic aspect of the spirit realm, we could spend 12 weeks or more just going over each and every layer of it. We're not going to do that this morning. I'm going to cover a fraction of what's, of what's going on out there. Just a fraction. But I want to let you know this. In no way do we want to glorify evil. In no way do we want to glorify evil or the demonic. But we should be aware of the devil's devices. We should be aware of what's going on. Our focus and adoration should always be on Christ Jesus. Amen? It should always be on Christ Jesus. Always. Say always. All right. So, let us, before we begin to dive into the demonic and and what that means, let us say a quick prayer. Is that okay? All right. Lord, I pray this morning that our focus would be on you. Lord, that as we go into this study, as we dig into the intricacies of this, Lord, I just pray that even though we are learning about these things, our focus would be on you. Lord, that we would not become fascinated or enamored by these things, but we would become fascinated and enamored with you, with your presence, with your glory. Lord, I pray again, let your praise ever be on my lips. Lord, this morning as I preach and speak the word, Lord, I pray that they would be your words, not my words. Lord, that they would be your thoughts, not mine. Lord, I thank you for the inspiration for this message. Lord, I thank you for, for, for where it's led me personally. God, I pray that you would cover, watch over, and lead them. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I've already spent some time in this series dealing with the amount of people in America who believe in angels and demons. How many remember how many people believe in angels? 77%. 77% believe in angels. Remember how many believe in demons? 56. Who said 56? 56. Who's, who else said 56? Wow, you guys have been studying for the test. Thank you. There's not going to be a test afterwards, so that's all right. Roughly half of people, 56%, believe that demons are real. Roughly half. For those who call themselves Christians... I wouldn't ask you if you believe demons are real. I would ask you simply this. Do you believe the Bible to be true? That's simply it. I wouldn't ask you to believe demons are real or do do you believe angels are real. I would simply ask, do you believe the Bible to be true? Because we are told on multiple occasions of the times where not only did Jesus encounter demons, but it's also addressed many other times. One such encounter happens in Mark chapter 5. And I want to go to chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. And if we want to pull it up on the PowerPoint here, we're going to start, and it says this, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he, Jesus, had come out of the boat, immediately there met out of the tombs, listen to this, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, 
and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, day and night, he was in the mountains and the tombs. Listen to this, crying out and cutting himself with stones. I want you to think about this man. This is a man who, who what we would call demon-possessed. He is filled with an unclean spirit. He hangs out in cemeteries. He hangs out among the tombs in the mountains. He cries out and cuts himself with stones. Sharp stones where he's cutting himself. I want to say this. This man clearly has some issues. Amen? I mean, if you're living in the cemetery... Right? Come on. You have chains around you. You're cutting yourself with stones. You definitely have some issues. But something very interesting happens as Jesus steps off the boat. Go to the next slide. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. Now, the question is this. Was he worshipping him? Was he worshipping Jesus? The answer to that question is no. This man was not worshiping Jesus. Think about this. Because here's what this man says. What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. This is not the man speaking. This is the demonic entities within the man speaking. Lord, please don't torment me. And he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And then Jesus asked this question, what is your name? What is your name? He gives a stunning answer. He answers, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. He begged them earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. So clearly this man has issues. He's in the cemeteries. He's doing what he's doing. But it's interesting that we see he has supernatural strength. Supernatural strength. Demonic strength. Supernatural strength. Chains cannot hold him. They cannot bind him. It is clear that this man is tormented inside and out. It's clear that this man has issues inside and out. Now, I, I, I don't know if, if you have, but I have encountered people that are what's called demon-possessed. I have encountered people in my personal life who are demon-possessed. I've uh, told this story a few times before, but I have no problem telling it again. When I was in Honduras, I met with a, a woman, and her name was Lespie. Lespie had come, we were doing a, a, a services at a church, and with the services, we were doing a children's area. She had a child, and she brought her child to the area. While at the area, she came to a friend of mine named Mitch, and she said to Mitch, please, can I have some water? Mitch had about a jug of water, actually about the size of that water bottle of the window over there. John, hold it up. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to use you to do that from now on. No. So uh, he had about a size of that, but it was full. And what Mitch said was she took the water from him 
and guzzled it down. I mean, just just took it in. What we didn't know and what we couldn't know is that by doing that, she had activated the rat poison that she had drank earlier that day. She had taken into her to commit suicide. We didn't know that until she came downstairs and stumbled into the service and began to convulse on the floor, foaming at her mouth. Now, I don't know what a lot of people would do in that situation. All I know is what we did. We gathered around her and started praying as hard as we could. We started praying against the demonic things because you have to understand that much of Honduras, even though they'll call a lot of them, they'll call themselves Roman Catholic, a lot of them are involved in the occult. So with all of this occultic behavior, you saw a lot of demonic activity in that area. This woman, Lespie, she should be dead now. We began praying for her, and within 10 minutes, she was up and speaking to us. She had spewed all of the foam out of her mouth onto the floor. And she began to tell us about how her mother-in-law was a witch and would daily put curses on her, that she tried to kill her many, many times. And finally, she just got so sick of it, she wanted to end her own life. She was tormented, both inside and out. If we're looking at Mark chapter 5, we see this man who is tormented both inside and out. Go to the next slide. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Notice they didn't move until he gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000 there. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. When they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed, and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they were afraid. Go back. uh, I want to take us to the second thing we see in this account, and that's this. They recognize who Jesus is. They recognize who Jesus is. Go to the next slide. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. The demon speaking through the man understands the power of Christ. I want you to understand this. He understands the power of Christ. That even though the demons are tormenting this man, the power of God can torment them. Amen? The power of God can torment them. It points us to this incredible principle, and I want you to listen to this carefully. If you are a child of God, you should have no fear of the demonic. Amen? What you need to realize is that they fear you. 
What you need to realize is that they fear you. If you're living righteously and in right relationship with God, they fear you. Amen? And I know, you know, when demons are presented, they're presented as this kind of scary, right? Grotesque creatures that, that have a lot of power. But I want to point you to a scripture in 1 John. Go to the next slide. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome, overcome them. Because of this, greater is he who is within thee than he who is within the world. Let me say that again. Say, greater is he who is within thee. Say, greater is he who is within me. Look at your neighbor. Say, you. John, you. Amen? Greater is he who is within you. That's right, Doug. <laughs> than he who is, in, who is within the world. I think we have to start to understand as Christians the power that we have in Jesus' name. Amen? I think we have to start. I remember a t-shirt when I was a kid. Listen, I don't, even remember, I don't know if anyone remembers this t-shirt. T-shirt said these words. No fear. How many had a t-shirt like that? Tim Thiesfeld, I knew it. No fear. No fear. I'm telling you, when you have an encounter, you know what? I like what Jesus says in Mark. Jesus says in Mark 16, 7, that in my name, his followers say, that's me. His, are you a follower of Jesus? Say, that's me. That's me. In my name, they will cast out demons. Jesus says that about you. You're saying, well, wait a second, Pastor David. I've never done that. There's some people here who, who, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands. There's some people here who would say, I have done that. And there are some that would say, no, I've never done that. We live in a culture where a lot of times we do not recognize when the demonic is present. Because so many times, we're just inundated with it. We don't recognize it anymore. It's not a rare thing now, it's a common thing now. Jesus said, followers, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you will cast out demons. That you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Did you know that? You say, Pastor David, what if I, what if I have an encounter with somebody who has a demon? What if I have an encounter with somebody who has a demon? I'm telling you that when you have an encounter with somebody that has a demon or you encounter a demonic presence in your life, you go to that closet and you pull all that ratty old no fear t-shirt and you put it on and with confidence in the name of Jesus, you say, I will not fear the enemy for the power of Christ lives within me. Amen? The power of Christ lives within me. It lives within you. Stop being fearful of the enemy. I want to say this as well. I told Gary, I have, there's so many rabbit trails I could go down. This is just one. We aren't to be fearful of the enemy, but neither are we to be fearful of the culture around us. But if I speak up, they're going to think I'm a loser. 
But if they speak up, they're going to think I'm strange. Pastor David, if they speak up, I won't be part of the in crowd. I don't want to be part of the in crowd. Amen? We have to speak up as Christians and recognize that our culture is not going down a path that is good and pleasing to the Lord. That's the end of the rabbit trail. Right there, Gary. Amen? (laughs) This brings me to a warning, though. I want to give you a warning. If you're not living for Christ, you have no rights and no authority to the name of Jesus. If you're not living for Christ, you have no right or authority in the name of Jesus. You have no right to use His name. I want to bring you to the Apostle Paul this morning. The ministry of Apostle Paul. We see that there was, uh, in this time, there were some Jewish people in the area that were trying to be exorcists. They were trying to exorcise the demons. And as they are, there, specifically there were seven men, and they were the sons of a Jewish priest named Sceva. Some may know the seven sons of Sceva. Go to the, go to the next scripture. It says this in Acts chapter 19. And I want you to listen to this carefully. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. That means they touched Paul's body, they went to the sick or the possessed, and the evil spirits left them or the people were healed. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying these, saying this, we exorcise you by the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. So let's get the picture here. They're going out, trying to make a living, trying to exorcise demons from people. In that day, I will, I will say this. In that day, many times, uh, there were some things that people would pray for that were demonic, and some things were not. If any kind of sickness came upon a person, if any kind of infirmity or malady came upon a person, sometimes, a lot of, a lot of times they would just say, well, that's a demon. So we're gonna go cast it out. We're gonna address that in just a few minutes. But these are men who were not Christian, who were not believers of Christ, but they had seen demons leave in the name of Jesus. And because they see demons leave in the name of Jesus, they decide, well, I suppose we can use that too. So they go to someone and they say, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And this is the response from the demons. Go to the next slide. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? I'm not much I'm not much for comebacks from the enemy but I tell you what Jesus I know and Paul I know but who are you Ouch Can you imagine Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them 
overpowered them and prevailed against them. Let me, let me tell it to you in today's terms. He beat them up. Amen? Beat him up. Messed them up. So that they fled out of that house both naked and wounded. Didn't just beat him up, he stole his coat. Didn't just beat him up, he stole his pants. Didn't just, the guy was naked. Don't all get all self-righteous with me now. Come on. All the religious people say amen. The guy was naked. There's children here, Pastor David. You shouldn't say he was naked and beat up. How many ever been beat up before? How many ever been beat up, like physically just messed up? Steve, I know you tried to cause a few fights in your day. Come on. No, but Steve always win. Oh, hallelujah. Woo, not messing with Steve. I'm not messing with Steve, amen? But I want to say this. If you're not living for Christ, you can't operate under His authority. If you're not living for Christ, you can't operate under His authority. Let me say that again. If you're not living for Christ, man, those words, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? (sighs) That better make you think twice. Don't you go into a battle you have no chance of winning unless you're committed to Jesus Christ. Don't go into a battle you have no chance of winning. Don't try to show off your spiritual muscle when you got no strength back behind you. Come on. You better know that you're living for God. Hmm. I want to say this as well. One of the draws of those involved in the occult... Because, listen, if you don't have Jesus back behind you, you have no control over that demon. If you don't have the authority of Jesus in you, you have no authority over that demon. You have no control. One of the draws of the occult is that they will be able to control these spirits. That will, they will be able to control these demons. Uh, I want to tell you a story. They think that they have control as long as it suits their purposes. Now, there is a man, this is a real person, he is a real man. Um, I've heard his testimony multiple, multiple times. His name is Stephen. He, is a, he was a high priest in the satanic church. He had what they call a coven. A coven is, consists of a group of witches or warlocks. Uh, witches would be women, warlocks would be men. So he had what he called a, what they called a coven. And basically, it was a people who decided to follow down the path of darkness and hoping that that would give them power in this world. They were having a meeting one night when a young witch came in to let them know that there was some trouble. And he said, well, what's the trouble? He said, "My, there's a woman down the street from my house, and she is a Christian. And uh, we need to take care of her. She's going to expose us. And he said, well, that's no problem. We have the police in our pockets. We have, we, we, we got all that taken care of. She said, no, you don't understand. She's going to tell my mother. She's going to try to stop me from coming. So he said, well, we can't have that. So let's put a little bit of a curse on her. Let's just, let's just put a little bit of a hex on her, just a little bit. 
So here's the account of what happened. They gathered in a circle and they began to summon up a spirit. And what happened was in the corner of the room, an orange cloud began to appear. This, the, this person says that the name of the demon was, was called Asheroth, which is a biblical demonic name. And they commanded this demon, this cloud, to go and mess with this woman down the street. And the cloud dissipated, and they went about their meeting. He said about five minutes later, they were all talking, and a cloud again appeared in the corner of the room, except this time it was not an orange cloud, it was a fiery red cloud. The cloud, fiery red, said this, just like I'm speaking to you, he said, the cloud spoke to me. In these words, in a rage, it said this, Don't you ever send me after a Christian again. Don't you ever send me after a Christian again. He said that was the beginning of his exit from Satanism. He said, wait a minute. We're the ones that were supposed to have the power and be in control. What is going on? Today, he's a minister. Not only speaks to people about his exit from Satanism, but about the power of God that they have in their lives. Amen? The power of God. I went, you know, I want to look back at Mark chapter 5 and look at the, you know, we, we spoke about th- this demon recognized the Son of God. By the way, you should know, it's just in biblical timeline, this was about a year before the disciples recognized it. That the demon recognized he was the Son of God, even before the disciples did. I want to go back to Mark chapter 5 and move on to the third thing we see concerning demons. In verse 9, Jesus asks this man a question. He says, ask the question, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, that word legion here uh, refers to the Roman army. A legion was about 6,000 soldiers. 6,000 soldiers. My name is Legion. It was used as a measure. 6,000 men. So the demonic entity calling himself Legion, is that to say that there were 6,000 demons? Not necessarily 6,000, but you can say from with assurity that there were thousands of demons within this man. That there are thousands of demons within this man. Jesus asked the question to determine just how messed up this man was. I mean, what's the severity of the issue here? Is it one demon or two demons? Is it three demons or four demons? Thousands of demons. The answer had to be astounding. My name is Legion, for we are many. Thousands of demons are alluded to here. This man was bound up. This man was bound up. He was tormented inside and out, day and night. So tormented that he was cutting himself with sharp stones. There's people in today's culture who are so tormented by their lives that they cut themselves. And they need help. The man was bound up. Whatever he had done to open the doors to the demonic realm was never answered. What he had done, we don't know. But it's safe to say that if you have a door open for one, 
many are going to try to get in. If you have a door open for one, many are going to try to get in. Don't be surprised by it. When a person, and listen to this, when a person is possessed by a demon, it can manifest itself in many ways. The Bible says that Jesus cast the demons out of some people who were deaf and mute. They were not naturally deaf and mute. They were deaf and mute because of this demon within their body. They were possessed by a demon. Now, I want you to, I want you to please hear me clearly. This isn't to infer that all deaf people or all mute people have demons. Amen? I don't want you going up to someone who's deaf and start trying to cast the demon out of them. Because, hey, listen, no, I, I, I say kind of jokingly, but it's, it's true that people have tried to do that. Someone's deaf or someone's mute. Someone might be crippled. But this, listen, I want to say this. There's, you know, the ways that demons can manifest themselves just in Scripture alone is this. Because I want you to, to, to understand that this is how demons operate. They operate in depression and despair. In sickness, in lying, some in fortune telling, some in being crippled. And it's true that some people only need medical care or psychological care. But I'm telling you, there are some people who don't need medical or psychological care. They need spiritual care. There are some people who are bound up spiritually. And before they receive help medically, they need to receive help spiritually. This is why I want to I want to say this discernment is so important. Discernment, hear me clearly. Discernment is so important. You pray to God to know the difference, to know if it's somebody who's really seriously suffering physically or somebody who's just bound spiritually. Discernment is so important. I want to answer, you know, I want to address a few questions that many Christians have when it comes to demons. When it comes to demons, I want to address a few questions. So number one question that people have is this. What are demons? What are they? First is this. Many pastors and Christians I know, uh, they will refer to, to demons as fallen angels. But there are other theories. I will say this, uh, you know, that they're fallen angels bound to the earth after joining Lucifer in his failed rebellion. Okay, That's the, the view of many pastors and Christians that they are fallen angels. They're bound to the earth. And then there's some people who believe that uh, they are offspring of some pre-Adam people and roaming the earth. And there's all sorts of different theories out there. And we're not going to get into all of those today. But I will say this, that they are real and active today. Regardless of their origins, they are influencing people and culture. Regardless of where, they're com- where they came from, that, that really doesn't matter too much. What matters is that they are real. They are active. And they are influencing both people and culture. The next, the next question that people have is this. What is demonic possession? Here's the other question. Can I get it? Can I be demon-possessed? Pastor David, I'm scared. There's people that say, I'm scared, Pastor David. I don't want to be demon possessed. Let's, let's get to these questions. What is demon possession? Demon possession occurs, listen to this, when a demon takes up residence in a person or a body. 
They do this for various reasons, but the biggest is this. They want to destroy you. They want to destroy God's children. Biggest reason, number one, they want to destroy us. Another reason is this, that they enjoy the dark things of this life. And they want to experience them with people. And what do you mean by dark things? I think the term dark things is self-explanatory, but in case it's not, let me say this. Michael Fishback was a director for the rescue mission in California. He was there for more than 20 years, and he says this, I've seen so many things that can't be explained any other way. I've seen people that we couldn't help at all until we took authority in Jesus' name over the demonic influences in their lives. People whose lives were bound by addiction could not be set free physically until they were set free spiritually. They could not be set free physically until they were set free spiritually. All addicts are, here's the question, are all addicts demon possessed? Are all people who struggle with addiction demon possessed? The answer to that is no. This is why discernment is so important. This is why discernment is so important. We have to know what doors have been opened. I, you know, there was a, I will say this. In the 1980s, and this is another rabbit trail, short one. In the 1980s and, 80s and 90s, I used to listen to a radio show. And the man on the radio, it was a radio call-in show. It was a Christian show. And the man on the radio would uh, take calls from people about spiritual questions and answers. And he would, um, on the air, over the radio, he would start to cast demons out of people. Now, hearing this on the radio, it's some pretty freaky stuff. You're hearing people on the radio with deep guttural voices. You're, you're unsure if it's demonic or not, if it's just the person, you know, making it up. We don't know what's going on. This person gained a lot of popularity, though. And he gained a lot, gained a lot of popularity within Christian circles, so much that he started getting invited to churches and hotel conference rooms. And he actually still operates today as an exorcist. I want to say this, though. One of the hallmarks of this man and what he did is that during the time of speaking to the person, he would, using the example of Jesus here, say, what is your name? And the person would reply with some, it could be anything from adultery to fornication to murder to abuse, to molestation. It was these people that, that have gone through some real massive issues in their lives. But then something would shift to where he wouldn't just ask who they were, he would start to have conversations with them. He would start to dive deep into the psyche of the demon, so to say. I want to say this. Be so careful. Just cast them out and be done with it. Amen? Just cast them out and be done with it. You say, Pastor David, what do you mean by that? I mean in the name of Jesus, you cast them out. 
There's some parents here who don't who have problems with children, and I'm not saying specifically within this church, but maybe those listening on podcasts, and maybe you recognize that this might be an issue. There's parents who have problems with children, and the problems aren't physical or mental, they're spiritual. You have to pray over your children, amen. Pray a hedge of protection over your children, amen. Pray that angels guard your children, amen. Are all addicts demon-possessed? Of course not. But I would say this. You know, the the question that always comes up is, can I get demon-possessed? Can a Christian be demon-possessed? There's different people with different theories. And honestly, I don't want to tell you what my theory is. Because my theory doesn't matter. Let's look at what the Bible says. Amen? What I have to think doesn't matter all that much. Let's look at what the Bible says. It says this. Go to, the next, go to the next slide. It says this. Colossians 1, 13, 14. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. Go to the next one. I love this one. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That word there, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities. Principalities, it's referring to the demonic. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. I love that. But the thing we have to remember is this. Are you just calling yourself a Christian? Or are you really a Christian? Are you just professing to be a Christian because you come to a building and sit in a seat and listen to a pastor? Or are you truly a Christian in your life? The Bible also, by the way, gives us no examples of a true believer of Christ who was ever possessed by a demon. No examples at all. And so we should use that as our compass. When we speak of demon possession, I want to say this. This is what's happening on the inside of the person. Uh, These are examples of people being attacked from the outside as well as the inside. One commentary says this, demonic oppression, because, listen, here's the thing, you may not be able to be demonically possessed as a Christian, but you can bet that you will be oppressed. You can bet that if you're doing the work of the Lord, they want to mess you up. If if you're doing the work, hey, let me tell you this, if you're not, they probably have no problem with you. If you're not, if you're not doing the work of God, they probably have no issue with you. You're not messing with them. Why mess with you? Why just put, why put you on the offense? Why put you on the defense? Why put you even in the game? Because a lot of people call themselves Christians when all they do is just sit in a chair. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? You may not, as a Christian, you may not be able to be demonically possessed, but the Bible speaks a lot about people who are followers of God or people of God that were demonically oppressed. Demonic oppression could be experienced in various ways. One commentary says this, physical ailments, listen to this, 
Some people have experienced these things, by the way. Physical ailments such as sleeplessness, nightmares, strong anxiety, self-mutilation, addictions, physical illness, spiritual deadness that includes apathy and anger towards God, interest in false religions, emotional upheaval such as regular outbursts of anger, high and and low emotional levels, self-justification, fear, hopelessness, abnormal fixations, I want you to listen to this carefully. Financial difficulties that are constant and unusual financial pressure. Sometimes numerous things go wrong all at the same time very quickly. And it causes us great financial strain. These can be, this can be demonic oppression. But I want to say this because I don't want you to get me wrong here. We, we, you know, we, we need to be aware that we have an enemy. We need to be aware it's not all sunshine and rainbows. We need to be aware that we have an enemy that wants to destroy us. We do have an enemy. We have to be aware of those things. But the the best way to combat demonic oppression is this. Go next slide. Submit yourselves then to God. I love this. Resist the devil and he will flee. Amen? Come near to God. And he will come near to you. You say, Pastor David, God seems so far away from me right now. Come near to God. And he'll come near to you. Lord, it's been a while since I've spoken to you. Since I've prayed, since I've read my Bible. Lord, it's been a while since I've done anything that resembles Christianity. But as I draw near to you, you will draw near to me. You may be a person in your life right now saying, Pastor David, I feel so far away from God. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. I want to say this as well. We spoke about all these oppressions. We spoke about financial troubles and sickness and malady and and aches and all, all of these things. But I want to say this. Don't be so quick to blame it all on the devil. Don't be so quick to blame it all on his demons. Sometimes it's you. Come on. Say, it's me. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes we are messing up our own life because of a lack of control, poor money management, poor bad habits, poor spiritual discipline. Come on. It's not because the demon came out and messed me up and this and this and this. No, it's because you're not on your diet like you're supposed to be. Come on. Man, man, the devil just sent me all these bills. No, he didn't send you those bills. You put those bills on your credit card because you have poor money management. Come on. I just don't know how I'm going to get out of this financial stress that I'm in. The devil's just attacking me. No, it seems that Sears attacked you and you just gave him all your credit cards. Come on. 
Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's just us. C.S. Lewis, Lewis said this, there is two dangers in our thinking about demons. One is that they don't exist. That's a danger. And two is giving them more credit than they deserve and putting more focus on them than they should be. You can't blame the devil for everything going on in your life. There was a minister, and a man came up to him and said, Pastor so-and-so, I need you to pray over my car. It has a demon. He said, I need you to pray over my car. It's acting up. It has a demon. And the minister looked at him and said, I think you just need a tune-up. And he left it at that. We can't blame the devil for everything happening in our life. If we focus on the enemy all the time, we will see a demon behind every rock. We have to, we have to have a life of balance as Christians. Amen? Amen. We don't want to give them any more credit than they deserve. We don't want to put our focus on them any more than needs to be. I want to end it this this morning by saying this, and I've said this multiple, multiple times, and you'll always have me say this. Let's make sure our focus is on Christ Jesus. Amen? Let's make sure our focus is on Jesus. Be aware of these things. Be aware that they are real, they're happening, they are active, but don't let them consume you. Be consumed with Jesus. Amen? Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. Let's pray this morning. Lord, I pray this morning that we would draw near to you. Lord, that our focus would be on you. That our fixation would be on you. Lord, that we would be fascinated by your presence. That your praise would ever be on our lips. Lord, that song continues to to just echo in my soul right now. Let your praise ever be on our lips. The other song that's been going through my mind all week is... That song, what a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. No one can stand against. The name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, I pray over each person here. Lord, that you would bless them. Lord, that you would keep them. Lord, that you would cause your face to shine down upon them. Lord, that you would give them rest. And that as we draw near to you, you would draw near to us. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. We'll see you next week.